With a country divided, the republic at risk, and morality being redefined, it's time to gather around the campfire, get back to basics, and spark the revival that this country so desperately needs. This is the American Campfire Revival with Kirk Cameron. I want to uh, talk with you this evening from Georgia. I'm here visiting some friends, and I uh, just went out to dinner with them. And I've, I've got a brand new friend who's letting me use his backyard, this beautiful fire pit back here. I'm in. I'm. This is this is different than California. You know, you can't just set up a deer blind in your backyard uh, and 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 have your bows and arrows ready where I live in Los Angeles. So this is a different part of the woods. One of my friends is a pastor, and we got talking tonight about what it means to love your neighbor. And uh, he gave some insights into a, a parable, a story that Jesus shared in the Bible that I, I thought was just absolutely, it was, it was paradigm shifting. And it was so applicable to what we are, are, are having to deal with and wrestle with today in our current events. So it's the story of, um, he, he told the story of, of how the man came up to Jesus and he said, uh, uh, teacher, what do I have to do to get eternal life? I mean, if you're going to go, if you're going to, if you're going to, if you're going to want to win the prize, that's pretty much the ultimate, right? I mean, that's better than the lotto. That's better than Powerball. That's better than a lifetime, uh, gift certificate at, uh, Starbucks, eternal life. It's better than the fountain of youth. It's never dying, living forever and ever and knowing God as your friend. And Jesus said, well, he said, you know, the commandments, he said, uh, love God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And I'm paraphrasing right now. Um, and love your neighbor as yourself. And then someone asked Jesus, well, wait a minute. Um, uh, God's, God is, uh, yeah, we should love God, but, but, but what about my neighbor? Who, who are you talking about when you say my neighbor? Who exactly is my neighbor? And then Jesus told him this story. He said, there was a man who was traveling and, and, and as he was traveling along the road, you know the story. It's the story of the Good Samaritan. He was traveling along the road, this man, and along the way, some robbers jumped out and attacked him. In fact, they stripped him of his clothes, left him lying there, bloodied and beaten and naked on the side of the road. And then a priest comes walking by, sees this man in this horrible condition, and for whatever reason, uh, walks to the other side of the road and keeps on going. Maybe he didn't have time for him. Maybe he was too busy. Maybe it he was just unclean. He was one of the kinds of people that religiously uh, is 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 off limits. Uh, maybe he was of a different color. Maybe he was of a different race. Maybe he just, it, it was just too inconvenient or he knew that it would just be too expensive for him to really give this man the kind of medical attention that he needed. And then a Levite, an expert in the law, comes along, sees the man and crosses to the other side of the road and he keeps going. Both of them uh, had higher priorities than actually helping this guy. And then a Samaritan comes along. Now, a Samaritan is uh, typically someone that the Jewish people who were asking Jesus this question, who's my neighbor, those people would have hated the Samaritan. Because Jews and Samaritans, they, they didn't get along. Uh, the Jews saw the Samaritans as, as half-breeds. They were sort of, sort of kind of Jewish, but they had really gone in some other directions and, and they were sort of mixed race people and they would have been despised just for being a Samaritan. And he says the Samaritan sees the man bloodied and naked and beaten 
And he goes to him and he begins to bandage his wounds and he pours oil and wine on his wounds and he puts him on his own donkey and takes him to an inn and he gets him the care that he needs. He pays for it. And then he comes back in the morning and says to the innkeeper, here's some more money to pay up front. Whatever this man needs, go ahead and take care of him and I will take care of all of the costs. And then Jesus turned to those people who asked him the question and said, now you tell me who was the loving neighbor? Who was being a neighbor? And they said the obvious answer. It was the man who showed mercy to that poor, bloodied, beaten, naked traveler. And Jesus said, go do likewise. Hey guys, it's Kirk here. Did you know that another option to traditional insurance even exists out there? I get that it may come as a surprise since we're so conditioned to think traditional insurance is our only option, but that's simply not true. My family has been using Christian healthcare ministries over the last several years, and I cannot recommend them enough to other like-minded believers looking to do things differently than what we've been told to do. CHM is the faith-based alternative to insurance. And most importantly, with CHM, we know that our money is going to help other fellow Christians when they're in need. And this is how we like to steward our dollars when it comes to healthcare. Are you tired of your healthcare the same old way and want to do things the better way? I highly recommend you start by checking out CHM and see if this is an option that could work for your family's healthcare. It does for ours. It's not harder, but it's different in the best way. Learn more today by visiting chministries.org forward slash Kirk Cameron. Again, that's chministries.org forward slash Kirk Cameron. Wow. And my friend, Stephen, pointed out the fact that when Jesus was asked, what does it mean to love your neighbor? You and I might come up with a lot of descriptions of what that might look like. We could say nice things to them. We could maybe give them some money. We could write them a card. We could visit them. What does it mean to love my neighbor? Um, I don't know, but, but what Jesus said it looks like, think about it. It was awkward for that Samaritan to help that man. He was naked. It was publicly awkward and potentially embarrassing. It was inconvenient, he had to go out of his way and stop whatever he had planned to do to help this man and not only bandage him, but put him on a donkey, walk slowly enough so that he didn't fall off the donkey all the way to the inn and take care of him there and come back in the morning to make sure he was doing well and provide for his future needs. It was also gross. The man was bloody. He was beaten. He, he no doubt was 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 very unclean, not just religiously unclean as a Samaritan, but physically filthy. And it was expensive for him to help that man. He had to pay for the inn. He had to use his own oil and his own wine and bandage his wounds. And he came back the next day and said, look, I, I'm going to pay for whatever else he, he may need today and in the future. I find that I find that to be inspiring and, and simultaneously convicting. 
it's easy to love people who love us. It's easy to love people who make us feel good, who, who think like we do. But what about the people who don't line up with our values or our religion? What about the people that you know who don't line up with your political views or, or your religious views? It's hard to love people when it's publicly embarrassing to do so. What, what will the other people think? My goodness, if an expert in the law and the priest felt it was best not to help this person, who do I think I am? Doing the opposite of what they did. It can be expensive. Am I going to go out of my way to give my hard-earned money to help somebody else? I mean, we don't even know why they're in that condition. You see somebody on the side of the road who may be filthy, maybe on drugs, maybe alcohol, maybe who, who I don't, we don't know their story. And this Samaritan likely didn't know his story either. And yet he spent his own money to help him awkwardly loving his neighbor, inconveniently assisting this man. He was being the compassionate, loving neighbor that Jesus was trying to illustrate. And that's the kind of person that God expects you and I to be. Now, I think you and I ought to spend a little time tonight, maybe just discussing this story and say, who are some of the people in our life right now that could really use some help? And who are the most, who are the people that would be the most awkward the most inconvenient, the most uncomfortable and the most expensive to help. But in doing so, it might really demonstrate the goodness, the kindness, and the power of God that is alive inside of your heart. If a person's coming to your mind right now, if the Lord is, is, is bringing someone to mind, don't wait, do it. See what happens, love them. That's what I'm going to be thinking about tonight. Now, of course, it goes without saying, if, if, if you know the message of the gospel, that you and I don't actually earn eternal life by loving God and by loving our neighbor. In fact, when we think about that, not a single one of us has ever loved God with all of our heart, with all of our mind and soul and strength all of the time. And, and by failing to do that, we have violated the first and the greatest commandment. And who of us can say that we've always loved our neighbors as ourselves? No, that actually is what humbles you and me and sends us to the foot of the cross where we look to Jesus by faith and we turn from our selfishness and we receive a new heart as a gift from the Lord. And with that new heart, now we begin fueled by gratitude to love God more and more and love our neighbors more and more, even when it's inconvenient, even when it's awkward, even when it may be disgusting and even when it's expensive. And Jesus said, they'll know that you and I are his children by the way that we love one another. Well, that's the thought for this evening. Uh, it's my uh, honor to be with you again. God bless you. 
Thank you for listening to the American Campfire Revival Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. If you'd like to learn more and join the movement, visit KirkCameron.com.